Please mute your phone, please. Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, uh, Eddie Rye. Uh, I want to thank the Port of Seattle's diversity contracting office. There's going to be a big event. Luis Navarro is retiring. It's going to be a big party for him. We're going to be broadcasting live from the port during that special day. Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity and Inclusion. Uh, uh, the uh, Sound Transit's uh, uh, Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, I should say. And also uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase Construction Services Office and the Brothers Out at SeaTac Bar Group LLC out at SeaTac. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Hayward Evans, and uh, we're going to be joined by Chandler Williams later in the program, and also Clarence Williams to talk about uh, the uh, historic uh, Black History event that's going to occur at uh, uh, Holgate Street Church of Christ on Saturday at 3:30. So we're going to start with the co-convener of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration and Continuation Committee. Uh, Hayward Evans. So uh, Hayward, uh, I don't know if you got the link yet or not, but why don't you go ahead and proceed and let our listeners know uh, what's going to be happening on Saturday at uh, Holgate Street Church of Christ, which is under the leadership of uh, Minister Jimmy Hurd, who's the pastor. Well, first, thank you, Eddie, for having me on your show. And this is just such a, every time I get just excited, anytime I think about uh, Black History Month and just Black history in general, We've accomplished so much as a people, so much as a race. Uh, it's just unimaginable. And, and it's important that we recognize recognize people right here living in our community in Martin Luther King Jr. County who've, who've accomplished so many great things on, the, on behalf of our people. And so every year, this is the sixth year that we've done it. And, uh, and we're just saying thank you for your service and your dedication. So we have uh, five different awards. Uh, first award by May is going to Dr. Dwayne Chappelle. Uh, Dr. Chappelle, I mean, a lot of you might remember him, uh, I believe, being the principal at Rainier Beach High School. But also, and you correct me if I'm wrong, he just won recently over the last couple of years some national awards. That's right. For uh, the early uh, early uh, childhood program, uh, he, two years in a row, he's won that. So that's another shining star for Mayor Bruce Harrell. He's the director of the city of Seattle's uh, education Early Learning Program, and he's going to be receiving the Mona Bailey uh, Education Advocate Award, and that's going to be presented by Mona Bailey's son, Chris Bailey, who is with the Mona Bailey uh, Academy, and they're doing some great things as well. So go right ahead, Hayward, with the next one. And the next one is Sharika Carter. Sharika is the president of the uh, Coalition of Black Trade Unions, and if you know anything that they do, they push to make sure black folks are getting good union jobs that they're being monitored and they're moving up the ladder, not just getting stuck in a mundane position. Also, they, they participate in a lot of voter registration and, and voter turnout. You know, and uh, Sharika Carter, she's the president this year, but she also just recently got elected to uh, secretary-treasurer of the Washington State Labor Council, the most powerful union in the state of Washington. She's number two. There's the great leadership of April Sims, who's also fantastic. First time in the history yet, two black women running this organization. That's just that's just unprecedented. And she's sisters be, know how to do it. That's all I can say. Uh, but the other thing, Hayward, who's going to present Miss Carter with her award? Uh, oh, we have uh, Claude Burfecht and maybe Kevin Allen too, who's the vice president. He was he's a, a past president, but Claude Burfecht, he's on the King County Labor Council. And if anybody knows Claude, you know he's Mister Union. And he's constantly out there in the community. And he's also, uh, I guess he's one of the founders with Larry on the, on the uh, local reparations committee. 
So uh, great, they're, they're just two great people as you relate to labor. But you well, you know, you, since uh, Ms. Carter is the president of, of Coalition of Bad Trade Unions and the Secretary of Treasury, Washington State Labor Council, maybe we need to have Kevin Allen with CBTU and Claude Burfak uh, with uh, the King County Executive Committee of the Labor Council. Maybe both of them should be presented to her. She's I wearing two hats. Excellent. I think that's excellent. Since, since you, the award named after two people, Tyree Scott and Beverly Sims. And All right. And for the folks who don't remember, Tyree Scott, that's when he shut down that, uh, that project at Seattle Central Community College, flipping over tractors, because they didn't have any black folks working on the job back then. And that's why CBTU is so important to make sure that, that, uh, that our people have an opportunity to get into those good paying trade skills. Mm-hmm. And so the awards named after them, Beverly Sims, you know, she was just uh, always on the front line. And you talked about pushing issues as it relates to the poor. If, if uh, she was still alive, the Poor People's March in Olympia coming up on, I believe it's March 2nd, she would be right there in the forefront. And then we have uh, Hamdi Muhammad, uh, uh, the first woman of color to be the president of the Seattle Poor Commission. She's going to be receiving the Mayor Norm Rice Public Servant Award. Yeah, and, and the great thing about, uh, about Hamdi Muhammad, she's also, Bruce made another good hiring decision. She's director of immigrant and refugee services for the city of Seattle. So this is going to be, end up being the Bruce Hero show. Huh? Oh, <laughs> he got some outstanding people because he also got my friend Gerald Hankerson down there working as well. So, uh, and also Derek Wheeler Smith. Uh, you know, we uh, had uh, honored them a little while ago. And then uh, Hamni Muhammad is going to be receiving what award? Uh, the, the Mayor Norm Rice Public Servant Award. Uh, highest honor, first black mayor in the city of Seattle, named after Norm. And uh, 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 me and Rice, who was with the Port of Seattle, uh, uh, director of the diversity contracting office, indicated that Mayor Norm Rice might not be there, but me and Rice uh, from the Port Commission will be there to make the presentation. And, and, and uh, is, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's Mayor, mayor Rice's son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we can't get no closer than that, right? Dave, you're no closer than that. Uh, uh, the next one is, is Clarence Gunn. Anybody knows anything about local politics, particularly with the Democrats, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. Him along with Jesse Weinberry founded this organization. They work with all the different uh, legislative districts out here uh, to promote legislation that improves the quality of life of the disenfranchised, not just African-Americans, but all people of color and poor people for that matter. And so I'm real pleased about Clarence getting getting the uh, Larry Gossett Servant of the People Award. You know, we have to name the award after Larry, Mr. Servant of the People. Now, Larry's going to have a birthday party on that day. He'll be able to run in and run out. But uh, we wanted to have Jesse Weinberry on the program to talk more detail about Clarence Gunn, because he was one of the co-founders of, of DDI, along with Clarence Gunn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesse was instrumental in getting them established. And if anybody's ever heard Jesse speak, he's a great orator. I mean, Jesse really, he can sell an Eskimo ice. <laughs> the, 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 the brother's good. The brother's very good. Well, all I can say is that uh, he uh, is supposed to get on the plane and come back here because uh, Jesse's also one of the co-founders of Washington Equity Now Alliance, uh, which is still fighting to get uh, equity for African-Americans, other people of color, and opportunities with the state of Washington. And then we have one other awardee. Uh, we always, as a matter of fact, we're going to have Clarence Williams a little later talk about this guy in more detail. 
because, you know, affirmative action, uh, uh, opportunities for higher education, everything, especially is aimed at African-Americans, I believe, that people say whatever they want to. But, uh, you know, uh, this brother has uh, won a major case in U.S. Supreme Court when the U.S. Supreme Court was not that far to the right. But uh, we're talking about what distinguished attorney, Edward. Lumber G. Uh, uh, Howell. Lim. Everybody knows him as Lim Howell. This this brother, you talk about a great, great, great brother. And if you recall, he was our first speaker six years ago when we first lit up Martin Luther King Park. And he he spoke about he he participated in the march on Washington, and he talked about his experience with that as well. But but Lim truly. We'll go down in judicial history, not just in the state of Washington, but, but around the United States. The, the, the brother is brilliant. Now, we have uh, uh, Chandler Williams on, on, on the line, and uh, Chandler is going to be providing some of the music. Chandler is big time at New Beginnings Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, he's a, he sings. He's a recording artist, and he also is one of the band leaders out at the church, and they play awfully good music. So Chandler, uh, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again, and tell us about what you're going to be doing on Saturday between 3.30 and 5.30 at Holgate Street Church of Christ. Thank you, Uncle Eddie. It's always a pleasure to be back with you. Um, this Saturday, I'll be providing some music, playing and singing, a couple selections, however many you let me do. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a singer, songwriter, producer from Seattle, born and raised here, um, grew up playing in church and now I've been taking it um to my original compositions and just taking that, you know, to see what it can do and see who it can reach next. Now you were playing in adult venues uh before you were about 15 or 16? Yes, sir. I had headlined my first show when I was 16, I believe 16 or 17, at what was the Crocodile on Second and Blanchard. Um it was a good turnout did all the original music from my first album. And now the next one is in the works. It's been a long time coming. So it's, you're going to hear some growth and some development from the first project for sure. When I was 16 to now being 22. <laughs> wow. You, you moving up on age rather quickly, but I guess yes, around, you can move up. So uh, what is your role at new beginnings? That's just, uh, cause I, I've been saying you're the band leader. What is your role at new beginnings with the music department? As of this year, I've been playing piano and organ primarily, but I also direct, I also sing. Um, hopefully in the near future, we'll be putting some original compositions together. But as of now, I've been occupying the band as pianist, organist, um, and then occasionally we'll get up there and direct and lead worship when it's when it's called for. Well, that's good. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. Now, we got a guy you know pretty well on the line. He's going to talk about one of our honorees, uh, 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 Civil Rights Attorney Emeritus, Limber G. Howe, known as Lim Howe. So uh, Clarence Williams, the, the president of the original CL Black Firefighters. Uh, I know that you and uh, Robert Davis and others, Roberto Jordan and all the brothers back in the day, uh, we gathered around the house at 23rd and, and Pike, uh, which I think y'all still own, uh, to plot strategy on how certain things could, could happen. And... Uh, Attorney Lim Howe went to U.S. Supreme Court. On what case, Mr. Williams? The case was entitled Church versus the City of Seattle, and it had to do with Claude Harris, who was a captain at the time 
uh, who was on the list to be promoted uh, to battalion chief. And of course, the Union and many of the other uh, Caucasian firefighters was opposed to him being promoted because the city wanted to use what was called selective certification. And what that means is that anyone who passes the test is qualified to be promoted to the next position. Claude certainly had passed the test and done well, but he wasn't number four on the list. He may have been number five or six, and they didn't want to skip over number four, who was church. And uh, so we went to court uh, to to fight that. And uh, as you uh, so adequately stated, it's it's a different Supreme Court. We certainly would not want to be going in today with a case dealing with affirmative action, diversity of selective certification. But because it was a different court at the time, uh, they ruled uh, that we had the absolute right to use selective certification and affirmative action to hire minorities and women within the Seattle Fire Department. And Claude was the first one uh, to be uh, promoted and hired uh, using that uh, new format. And uh, what is the current status? I don't see fewer and fewer black firefighters with the Seattle Fire Department. And uh, I think I've only seen maybe one with the regional Renton Fire Department. What is the status right now of black folks uh, in the fire service? Not as good as it once was and not as good as it should be. Uh, in Seattle, I think there's roughly about 45 uh, black uh, African-American firefighters in the department. At one time, we boasted numbers up to 115, and that was directly related to the lawsuit uh, that we filed in the United States Supreme Court because it gave us the right to hire one minority, one majority, with Caucasian, and one woman until we reached the percentage that we made in the population. And we utilized that to the fullest, and we had the highest percentage of African-Americans and women in the fire service than anywhere in the country because we were able to use selective certification and diversity tools. And so right now, what is the status of the uh, the, the firehouse where all the strategy was planned at 23rd and Pike? What is the status of that building right now? Uh, the building is still there, as you well know. We're still working out some of the details, but we were fortunate enough to be able to stop any selling of the building at this time. And we are now the retirees are members of the organization locally, and we have a right to vote and to determine what will be the future of the house going forward. And is there, when is the next court action? We don't have a date for that. I think they, uh, we, we were pleased with the decision. I think the other side didn't like the way that the ruling came down and they're asking to be, for it to be revisited. And we don't know when that's going to take place. So, but as of right now, uh, the retired firefighters, and also I understand you're also the president of the re uh, retired firefighters? Yeah, they asked me to come in and do that for a while. So, yes, for the Northwest Association of Retired Black Firefighters, I'm serving as the president, uh, and along with many of the other fire, retired firefighters that you may know. Uh, and we make up a great executive board and have the same vision uh, for the property and for the organization as a whole. 
And right now, what what at what time in, in the sixties and uh, say the seventies and eighties, what were the number of black firefighters with Seattle? Uh, we had up to 115 uh, African-American firefighters back in the 80s and before I retired. And uh, that number has constantly gone down because, as you know, the uh, state of Washington came up, I think, with Initiative 200. And, um, and, and, and it changed what the Supreme Court had ruled. And we couldn't use those affirmative hiring tools. And it's been more difficult to get people to... Uh, to get enough African-Americans in, but we want to work with the active guys and the fire department to try and increase those numbers because we think that's very important that we have more people that look like us in those positions. Well, Clarence, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate all the work you guys are doing and look forward to seeing you and a cadre of the retired uh, firefighters at the event for Lim Howell on Saturday at Holgate Street Church of Christ at 330 Absolutely. He will be honored for all the work he's done over the decades. So it would be great to see you there. And also, I know you know the young brother will be playing, too. His name is Chandler Williams. Oh, yeah, I know him quite well. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Okay, yes, so sir. look, uh, thanks very much, uh, uh, Chandler and Hayward, and, and also Clarence. Eric, let's take this break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, who is uh, Stephanie Johnson Tolliver. Uh, she is president of the Black Heritage Society of Washington State, and they have a big event coming up on Saturday at uh, the Museum of uh, Industry. Uh, uh, let me get that. Mohai. Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. That's okay. It. At Mohai from 11 to 2, right? Yes, Eddie. Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, and all of this uh, lovely and uh, amazing Black History Month, so much going on this month. I can't figure out why people don't know that Black History is more than a month, but uh, I'm all about it. Um, yes, our event is uh, coming up this Saturday, uh, February 24th at Mohai, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And 
Uh, I have guests that are joining me from the Wing Luke Museum and from the Washington State Jewish Historical Society around a campaign that we're initiating this month, um, Confronting Hate Together. So all about uh, the challenge and combating the bigotry and bias and racism and, and hate that is experienced across all of our communities. And uh, tell us a little bit about what motivated uh, the groups to come through. I know you mentioned hate. Has there been anything specifically in the Seattle or Kane County area that would bring you together? Oh, well, you know, the the events, even over, I don't know, um, years, but months, um, Eddie, um, in all of our communities where we're, we've been in, uh, experiencing um the hate crimes against our communities, the Asian, Jewish, and Black communities, but then more broadly, all communities. So we've decided, the three of us, to come together to open this conversation and discussion about how we can uh, actually take action, action as call to action for all of us to participate in how we might you know, decide that we can be the person to stand up and, and combat hate. And the Vivid Matter Collective is also joining us on Saturday. So the artists from the Vivid Matter Collective will participate in a poster making activity following our formal program. So from 1230 to two, uh, Vivid Matter will be there um, and we'll be working on some protest uh, posters or um, ways that people can express themselves against confronting hate. Now, uh, share, uh, uh, Stephanie, can you please share a little bit of the history of, uh, of the organization, of the Black Heritage Society of Washington State? Right, right. You know, VHS uh, has been around since 1977, and it all began to come together at the home of Esther Hall Mumford, um, the wonderful historian, beautiful historian whose shoulders I stand on alongside Jacqueline Lawson and other founders that included Ben McAdoo and his wife Thelma and the Yarbroughs, you know, these families that had been around Seattle for so long and they began collecting at her home and that expanded into a relationship that we built with the Museum of History and Industry for more than 30 years now where we hold our archive, we manage the archive of the largest uh, collection of black memorabilia from across the state. And it is open to the public by appointment, call us and come on down and uh, check us out. But it's also a resource uh, for classrooms and, um, and educators. And uh, we've seen outreach from across the country, not just Seattle, King County, but uh, from other states and even outside the country, as far as Costa Rica um accessing our collections how did you happen to uh, come together with uh representatives from the wing luke museum and uh the jewish association uh, uh to, how did you guys happen to come together well you know we've partnered together on programs in the past and uh, more recently i have been working with the wing luke museum along with other community members on a red line trail 
So there is a trail uh, route that is coming together. There's actually a number of four to five routes that move through the international district and into the central district um, that has waypoints where we stop and talk about um, events, people and places um, at those different locations. So you're gonna hear more about that very soon. Um, I'd say within the next few weeks, um, there'll be some publicity around that. And then I've also worked with uh, with Lisa Kranzler at uh, the Washington State Jewish Historical Society and members there too um, on tours and, and other uh, public programming. So we're not new to one another. Um, our communities have always um, had this intersection as we, we live through the international district, through the central district. So um, we have a history. Uh, and, you know, uh, we had a conversation and I found out that uh, when my family first moved to Seattle, my father was appointed by A. Philip Randolph to be one of the Northwest organizers for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. And we lived in a duplex on 20th and Denny, couldn't live in an apartment house across the street in 1952. And the people on the other side of the duplex were uh, the White family, June White. Oh. And so I've been known members of your family for over 70 years. Oh that's my the, gosh, June and Ernie. Yeah, we have, and Moochie and Cindy. Yes, oh, Cindy, Cindy, my cousin, my number one cousin. Uh-huh, so um, like I say, we go way back. Yeah. Uh, I just go way back with your family. Well, you know, I can't help but go way back with a lot of folks as I'm a fourth generation Seattleite. And so I I believe that I either have some sort of, uh, I have a friendship, a marriage connection, some sort of connection with everybody around town. So um, I absolutely love that. And that's what um, lifts me to as president at the Black Heritage Society and my co-vice uh, president, Carol Peoples-Proctor, you know her, yes. and uh, she's just the best. Yeah, she is, she is outstanding. Uh, her whole family have been great contributors, I, just like your family has, for the develop, growth and development of folks, especially Black folks in the city of Seattle and Martin Luther King, Jr. County. So why don't you just take a read and tell us about some of the other signature events that uh, the Black Heritage Society is undertaking uh, for well, this new year. Okay, well, tonight um, I'll be in a program at Douglas Truth Library um, with AKA, with the, with the Kappas, um, talking to them about Black history and how to preserve and collect our own family history. Um, that's six o'clock tonight at Douglas Truth and um, extended that invitation by them and Taylor Brooks, who's the fabulous, you know, uh, the new librarian there for the African-American literature collection. And we have several other initiatives and programs that we're working on and mostly to uh, digitize our collection. We hold an, this really beautiful collection in an archive that sits in a library and on shelves and we're ready to, um, to look at and prioritize and digitize uh, some of that collection so that we can share it more broadly. So we're really turning our focus there. And we're going to announce um, in just another week the open uh, invitation to high school seniors um, to apply to our Founders Scholarship. We have a $2,000 scholarship um, 
we have one scholarship um, to give this year. And so we're going to be encouraging um, black students to apply um, to that in just another week. And it'll stay open for um, 60 days. And we hope uh, to push it far so that, you know, all of our young people have the opportunity to apply. Well, I'll make sure that that word stays on this program. So uh, Stephanie okay. Johnson Tolliver, thank you for, so much for all that you do in the community. And uh, try to drop in on Saturday. We are also having an event that starts at 3.30, so I should have time yeah. to come back to Ohio. So, so anyway, also, uh, the operations manager station, Eric, he has a way of getting this program on uh, Alexa, online, on my podcast, an hour after this program is over, so people can can get this information. If they miss the program, they can always get the information. So thank you very much, ma'am, and keep up the good thank work. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. My next guest is uh, Sarah Sense Wilson, who is uh, the co-founder or founder of the Urban Native Education Alliance. And they do a lot of the, uh, good things ed educationally for Native children. And they can also teach everybody else something about uh, Native culture. So Sarah Sense Wilson has a, a matter of fact, she's going to be part of a committee that's honoring the late, great Billy Frank Jr., uh, who many of us have been around for a while know about his uh, leadership and advocacy for justice and equality for the Native American community. So Sarah Sense Wilson, thank you very much once again for being here and all that you do. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit, first of all, a little bit about UNEA, and then let's go to the event for Billy Frank uh, 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 Junior. All right. Well, thank you so kindly, Eddie Rye. It's really great to see you, and I, I love being on your show. Very much appreciate it. Uh, UNEA is a grassroots, volunteer-based nonprofit organization. It's it's native-led. Um, we've been in the community here in Seattle, based mainly in the North End, for the last seventeen years. We just celebrated seventeen years. And um, we're, we're volunteer based and our focus is to serve indigenous youth and to support academic success. And we do that through providing um, services that are culturally responsive and um, focusing on culture and education. And um, so we have, we have a wide variety of programming that we do um, specifically for our urban Indian youth. So we have um, internships, which that's been extremely successful, and we're hoping that we can continue to have funding to support that. Um, our interns are stipend um, for six hours a week where they um, do community building and learning culture. They're learning about how to write a resolution. Right now, our students are working on a ceasefire resolution for in support of um, the Palestinians. And so our a lot of our work is around advocacy, supporting our students with having a voice and um, and also helping to guide them as as best we can in the right direction towards reaching their goals, their personal goals. We um we actually just met with, this is the first meeting we've had um, with the City of Seattle Indigenous Advisory Council. Um, so they're a new uh, committee that was formed um, by the former um, 
city of Seattle, um, Deborah. Um, so it was, it was interesting because I think that the members of the Indigenous Advisory Council were not prepared for how professional our students were. They came ready with um, a lot of questions. They came ready with a proposal and with recommendations for how to improve the city of Seattle and improve their goal of equity in better supporting and serving our indigenous students, indigenous families. And um, so it was really well received. It was pretty exciting. Unfortunately, there was only, I think three of the 12 um, committee members that were present. However, um, you know, one of the asks is that the that advisory council continue to meet with our students because our students' voices are are important in the conversation of decision making and moving the city forward. Okay, and, let's go to uh, the Billy Frank uh, uh, event because he's a very yes. a very special person. Yes, yes. Um, so this will be our second annual um, Billy Frank Jr. event, and. Um, about four years ago, our students co-authored a resolution, which was later adopted by the Seattle Public Schools. And the resolution um, really speaks to our, our commitment to continue to keep his legacy alive and continue to educate people about, you know, his role in the fish wars, his role in the Bolt decision, um, which was a landmark decision that... Um, they guaranteed, uh, well, it upheld treaty right, first of all, treaty rights. Um, but it also um, demanded that there be like co-management of natural resources, which that was pretty progressive. And um, so, you know, Billy Frank Jr. was incredibly instrumental in all of that work. And, um, and it, the work continues today through the Northwest Indian Fisheries Commission and um, there's, you know, the Bolt decision, this being the 50 year mark since it was, uh, you know, uh, since Judge Bolt made that mm -hmm. landmark decision, um, you know, it's a, it's a historical proportion to where we're at right now and where, and where we're looking at in many of our waterways and, and looking at the devastation of climate change and the changes in, you know, the, the, the salmon runs and what's happening all with all of sea life, really. Yeah. So when, when is the event for Billy Frank Jr. going to occur? We, we, we it'll be March. Yeah. March 5th. It'll be at North Seattle college at the Grove. And, um, and we will have a panel of speakers and it'll be facilitated by student leadership. The panelist is going to be um, Nancy Schippentower, who is the chair of Salmon Defense Fund. She also works for the Puyallup Tribe, and she's a very well-known community activist. Um, we're excited to have her because she was alive in the days of the fish wars, and she had stories, and she was present. She witnessed what happened, and so her stories are really important for our, our young people to to listen and to hear and to understand just really how volatile and how um, how much sacrifice was involved by those those warriors that stood up stood up for treaty rights 
Well, Sarah, um, we're short on time today, but uh, we okay. will have next Thursday. We can go ahead and announce uh, the event. And if anything changes, you can come back on. But Barry, we got, we got this Black History Month, so we got a lot yep. of events going on. But, yes. but thank, thank you very much for, for sharing that information. We'll make sure it gets put out again uh, next Thursday, which is the 29th. The yes. Okay. So thank you very much, Sarah Sense Wilson. We appreciate all you do. Thank you so much, everyone. Have all a great right. Okay. Uh, my next guest is uh, going to be my co-host for this part of the program. Her name is Maisha Barnett, and they're having an event on Sunday from 11 to 2. It's called the Black Forest Event. It's going to be in a park that's named for her grandfather, Powell Barnett. So, uh, Maisha, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. I don't know. We do have Shamika on, and I guess we'll be uh, getting Kenny on soon. So go right ahead, ma'am. Let us know what we're in for. Hi, Eddie. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, yes, I am joined today by uh, Shamika Gagnier and Akene uh, Idioma of MIT, who is spearleading a an event called Black Forest uh, nationwide. And it is to honor those uh, Black lives who were lost during the period of COVID or as a result of COVID. I'm going to ask Shamika to come on and to introduce herself. Hello, thank you so much for having me today. And um, thank you, Maisha. Yeah, Ikine is uh, the founder, co-founder of Poetic Justice and a professor over at MIT and also a really incredible artist um, doing a lot of community-based practice. Uh, his goal is to plant over 100,000 trees across uh, the 50 states uh, and create this living memorial uh, for Black lives. So on Sunday, we're going to have food uh, made by Chef Olivia, um, and she's going to be making some uh, chicken and sausage gumbo and some smoked salmon chowder. and uh, we're gonna have tea there and the space will be opened up with uh, Stormy Weber and um, some traditional songs and Maisha and Akne is gonna be speaking and we're just really excited to have everybody there. And hopefully in the fall, we're gonna be doing more of a regional event, um, connecting Portland, Olympia, Tacoma, Seattle all together and having more uh, like both cultural and spiritual practitioners like really holding that work uh, with community. And so we're just looking forward to the evolution of what this connection with uh, the Green Belt Movement. And yeah, thank you. So Maisha, how did you, <clears throat> how did you get involved in this Black Forest event? Right. Well, for many years now, um, beginning with, well, I guess ending with the redevelopment that I spearleaded in um, 2006, I've been stewarding Powell Barnett Park and working um, collaboratively with uh, both parks and Green Seattle Partnership. So uh, Lisa Seiko, who isn't with us today, um, she is also uh, Green Seattle Partnership is one of the partners of this Black Forest event here in Seattle, uh, as well as um, Dirt Core 
and uh, futures rising. So uh, Lisa brought me into the conversations and she and I have been collaborating for a number of years. And then of course, Pal Barnett Park has been of interest um, recently because the parks department uh, puts the location on the short list for an off-leash area. And I just learned earlier today that the board of commissioners will be sharing the study uh, results later on tonight. So um, with this investment of trees, uh, it's the perfect timing um, to one, honor the history of the park in our neighborhood, which is one of the oldest green spaces. Um, Eddie, I'm not sure, were you there when it was Garfield High School track? I was there when it, they were in practice football. Uh, <laughs> it was called the Army Camp because uh, the only way they let Blacks in the National Guard back in the 50s was they had to be in, in uh, the band. Right, so, right. So right. they call, used to call it the Army Camp, but the Garfield team had to walk down there, practice in the mud bowl. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I am that old. I go back that far. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so this is uh, perfect timing for us to um, to honor the lives of, uh, honor Black lives in particular in a historically Black neighborhood uh, and a time and place when gentrification is looming. <laughs> so uh, the event Black Forest starts this Sunday, February 25th at 11 a.m., and uh, we'll go on until two. And as Jamika was saying, there will be lots of um, activities, including uh, some um, uh, giving away of trees. Maybe Shamika can talk a little bit more about that. Yes, um, through Trees for Seattle and GSP, we've got uh, a big donation of different trees and also shrubs. Um, and so those will be given away and uh, we're just really excited to be in community and looking forward to this work together. Yeah, I just tried to get uh, our other guests, <clears throat> but the call did not go through for Ikene. Uh, so, uh, Maisha, do we have, uh, is this a Black Forest event, is this occurring anywhere else in Washington State along the High Five Quarter? I know that you're on the Black Elective call every Saturday morning. So I was just wondering if it spread down to uh, Tocoma and Pierce County. There are some future events planned. Um, so in addition to Pal Barnett, we'll also be planting at Frank Park here in Seattle. Uh, but in terms of uh, other locations in Washington State, I do believe they're planning to um, do some plantings that have yet been to be confirmed in Pierce County as well. Shamika, are you familiar with the actual dates of those? events? No, not currently. Um, I know that we're talking about the fall when it's time to put those trees in the ground and we've got enough moisture to keep them alive. Uh, but I know Tacoma is, uh, Tacoma Trees and also Tacoma Parks is really interested in supporting this work. Also Olympia, uh, Olympia Parks, there's been a lot of conversations to start that planning too. So I know at least those two spaces, definitely. And I don't know the locations yet, um, but there's a lot of conversations with the Kine and those those beat, those uh, groups. Well, uh, Maisha, you know that Aaron Pointer, uh, who's a, a member of the Black Collective, is or was on uh, the Tacoma uh, Park Board. 
So that would be a good resource to access uh, opportunities with the Tacoma Park situation because of the fact. And then we do have Lao Kwasim over in uh, Puyallup. So I'm sure that we can get some things going. We have people in, in, in positions of power. So once again, give us a date. And the, before we go, the date, what the date, the time, the place, and the purpose. All right. So um, all ages are welcome to uh, help plant trees. And they will be large trees. So the other thing is that this is an investment in the park for the future and future generations to come, right? Uh, and uh, the event is called Black Forest occurring at Powell Barnett Park, located at 352 MLK Junior Way in Seattle, Washington, 98122. Parks actually has the wrong zip code and uh, refuses to change it. Um, 98122 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Well, we'll have to call Mr. Christopher Williams. He is a, a, the uh, director of the Seattle Park Department, and he also is a recipient of Martin Luther King Commemoration Continuation Committee Award for Public Service. So I'm sure we can have some influence with him to get that done. Ms. <laughs> Aisha Barnett, thank you very much. And also, I want to thank Shamika Gagner. Thank you guys very much. And thank you for the work you're doing. And I'm going to drive by and check you out on Saturday morning. So All thank right. you very much. Thanks, Eddie. Okay. Eric, we're going to take this break and come back with Ms. Sharon Nyree Williams. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Rye back at uh, Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, thank you, Eric, for the beautiful jams. Uh, my next guest is Sharon Nyree Williams, and uh, she has a gig uh, at Benaroya Hall, ladies and gentlemen. Benaroya Hall, that's downtown Seattle on University Street. And uh, I heard Sharon do a deal when they had the ceremony for the park, I mean, for the Port Commission Chair, Ahamdi Muhammad. And uh, she did an outstanding job, very talented person. Now, you're the executive director of Spectrum Dance Theater? I am the interim executive director for Spectrum Dance Theater. Yes. I wasn't quite sure if it was interim or the real thing. So that's why I said, <laughs> just, let me check and, and, and verify this before I put it out in the public domain. Okay. Yeah, you asked Donald Byrd. Soon, soon to be executive director of Spectrum <laughs> Dance Theater. Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, Miss Sharon Nyree Williams. And I have on here because she has a thing going on 
uh, at the Benaroya Hall, and I'd like to have you share our listeners with us exactly what it is and what can they expect. Wow. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Eddie. And um, yeah, you sound like Donald Byrd when you talk about me being the executive director of Spectrum. Um, uh, yeah, I am going to be sharing poetry, narrative stories. I have an 11-piece ensemble with me on stage playing music. I'll be talking about everything from family to my relationship with my ancestors to when I played football for the Seattle Warbirds, a women's football team, to how I feel about gun violence in our community, as well as what life is like as an arts leader in this town. And so all of that is going to be morphed into an experience that um, I hope will have people laughing, but more or less thinking as well um, about how we move through society and how we have to bring our entire selves to the table. And uh, you said you want to have an ensemble. So this is uh, event starts at what time? The event starts at 7.30. Um, it's called An Evening with Sharon Nairi Williams. But the, I, I just recently named the piece Legacy. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your other gig as the <laughs> interim uh, executive director of the Spectrum Dance Theater. And uh, I guess we'll be having... Uh, Donald Byrd and you back, uh, what, on before? March 7th. The March 7th, yeah. So you guys will be back on March 7th to talk about uh, that. What, what is that event? Yeah, we're having, um, right now, actually, Donald Byrd and our dance company um, are down in Eugene, Oregon, about to do a show called Grief, which is um, Donald's take on the story of Mamie Till featuring Seattle's own Josephine Howe. Um, and so um, they're going to be doing that in Eugene, Oregon, uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, 22nd and 23rd, 23rd and 24th. And then they will come back to Seattle and do it here at the Seattle Repertory Theater on March uh, 15th and 16th. And so we are so excited for them. And, um, and it's a story called Grief, but it's, a, it's mainly about how we have to, as community, um, how we walk through grief and how she decided to share her grief and where oftentimes people close themselves off. Um, and, um, and so it's going to be a really great story to tell. And I think people should come and listen to it. And yeah, so when I, Josephine usually is one of the people that performed for us for the Martin Luther King commemoration continuation of Black History event. And uh, when I called, she said, well, I'm down in Oregon. <laughs> with Spectrum Dance Theater doing uh, doing Mamie Till, so yes, I mean, yeah, so so that's why we won't have her on Saturday. But you know, wishing her well, and I'm glad to see that. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, how old is Spectrum Dance Theater? Where is it located? And let's talk a little bit about Donald Bird. I'm gonna get him on here on the seventh. We can get, let him talk more about himself. But I would like to have you share that with our listeners uh, who might not be familiar with Mr. Bird. Yeah, Mr. Bird is a legend. And I say that um, because of, you know, he danced with Alvin Ailey. He has been nominated for Tony Awards. He's a Bessie Smith Award winner. And he loves and uses his position at Spectrum Dance Theater to enhance conversations around Black social issues from a show called Targeted to this show of grief. 
Um, he digs down and he wants you to think and feel hard. Um, and we're located down um, on Lake Washington Boulevard, 800 Lake Washington Boulevard. We have a studio where we also have a dance school um, and classes from all ages, from toddlers to, to um, seniors. Um, we do all of those things. And, you know, I just see it as a privilege as me coming in as an interim executive director to uplift Donald Byrd's work and allow him to do the things that he do for community. Well, uh, you certainly are eminently qualified to hold a spot. I would, wouldn't be a bit surprised uh, if is there a board of directors? Who do we have to influence to get you the job? <laughs> yeah, they, they're, uh, yes, there is a board of directors. And um, I didn't know, it's more of me versus them. I ran the Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas for 10 years. I'm running right now with Stephanie Johnson Tolliver, who just got off. The, mm -hmm. uh, we're co-chairs for the Historic Central Area Arts and Cultural District. And so it's like, what do I want to do next? And how do I want to move? So um, that's where we are. And so right now I'm just helping out. Well, it sounds like you're not only helping out, it sounds like you're carrying a heavy load. <laughs> there's a load, definitely. There's, and, a, there's uh, a load. What can people do to support Spectrum Dance Theater, my listeners and stuff? Do they need to call some, the city or the county or the state? Uh, legislature who's in session now and say give Spectrum some more money so they, we can afford they, so we can afford Sharon Nairi Williams. Yay, that part. Um, um, we're we're actually located on Lake Washington in a city building, uh, Parks and Recreation building, and so they've been great partners with us. But our contract is coming up for renewal, and they're going to do some stuff on the building. So we would like to stay there. We've been there. Spectrum has been there. This is forty-one years. Donald has had his 21st birthday there. Um, there's a lot of work that need to be on the, done on the building for ADA accessibility, but uh, we holding it down. And so anything that y'all can do to influence that so that we can stay there for 40 more years would be great. Also buying tickets to come see Grief. Um, go, uh, we have a link on our website, uh, spectrumdance.org. Okay, uh, Sharon, we out of time. We will there it is. So I want everybody to know, I want to thank uh, the Port of Sales Diversity Contracting Office, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion, uh, the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. The brothers have the two shops out on Concourse A. And uh, whatever you do, uh, we'll repeat it again next week, uh, Ms. Sharon Nairi Williams, uh, what you'll be doing down at Benaroya Hall. So our listeners will hear it, and then they can also hear this 24-7 in about an hour on Alexa and on my podcast and online. So thank you very much. Thanks, Eric. Have a good weekend. Bye.